Ryan's new record's just come out today, 3rd of March. It's available on iTunes worldwide, hopefully. And uh, we actually have Ryan on the line in Nashville. So let's check in with him and see if he's in fact there. Ryan, can you hear us? Yeah. How are you? Good and you, man. Really good to have you on the show today. Yeah, it's good to be here. It's, uh, it's early for me, but <laughs> it's good to be awake. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us so early in the morning. Have you got a bowl of uh, cereal there to keep you company? Well, I'm cooking some coffee up right here. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, right here in Cape Town, it's uh, the hottest day in the whole year, and apparently it's the hottest day anywhere in the world today. It's 108 degrees Fahrenheit here today. Oh, can I come see you? It's been freezing here. <laughs> for sure, man. <laughs> We've actually had some uh, some fires, believe it or not, um, in, in Cape Town that have been... Uh, raging over the mountains so it's a little bit uh, scary times but uh, that's heat. yeah that's heat for you man yeah i mean maybe that's too much heat so ryan a big day for you it's the release day of flatlands mm-hmm. yeah you must be feeling uh, really really excited about it i would say the word is relieved most likely have you been putting quite a lot of uh, work into the record over the last year or two yeah, I mean, uh, you do the whole record, and you get it mixed, and then you wait, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait. And then all of a sudden, for six weeks, all you do is just work your butt off. But there's a long period in between making the record and putting the record out that just seems like waiting. And uh, your, your previous record, Winter Wheat, which is the one that I discovered you on, that, that came out in 2012. In front of that, you put out Heroes on the radio in 2006. So quite a few years in, in between your releases, I believe you've been doing uh, different jobs, but now you're focusing more on your music. Is that right? That is right. I was playing in uh, like these honky-tonks in West Texas, and I decided maybe this isn't the way to go about it. I was playing. I was some version of myself that I wasn't, wasn't quite the version I wanted to be, so I decided... Maybe it's time to continue building my family and take some time to do that rather than play music. And yeah, ironically, that's you know one of the things that led to me making the kind of music I wanted to make. Because I, I believe you grew up in Perrington, uh, or sorry, should I say Perryton, Texas, which is quite yeah. a small. A small. Hey, you uh, got it right. Most people don't don't get it right. <laughs> that's quite a small um, town in West Texas. Am I correct? Yeah, it's like seven thousand people. I think. Depending on if the oil field is boom or bust, it goes from probably 6,000 to 9,000 people. Wow. And uh, I read in one of the uh, the articles about you that one day you were playing your music in uh, one of the Texas clubs and a kid came up to you and said, play some real country music. There's a big Texas country scene. It's, it's like it's specific. It's a specific thing, I guess, that I wasn't getting to be part of. Yeah, I, he played some played some Texas country, and I don't know. I grew up in close enough to the country, and I was playing something that sounded like country, and I'm I'm from there, so I was I was confused on, as to what he meant. Yeah, <laughs> but apparently he didn't mean keep playing whatever I was playing. So you felt like a move to Nashville was was a good thing for you to kind of uh, put you in a new space or a new headspace for your songwriting. Yeah, I mean there were a lot of years between. Between that show where I kind of decided it's time to change directions and the actual moving to Nashville, I mean, there were years between that. There was a kid. We had a kid between that, you know, um, several jobs, several years. And uh, by the time we moved here, we just knew we were moving for music, but we didn't even know what that meant yet. <laughs> you know, we would say, 
we're moving to Nashville for music, but we didn't know in what capacity or whether that was trying to write for a publishing company or if that was trying to get an artist deal or, or, or just, you know, who knew, who knew what it meant. And it, we moved here and it kind of worked out um, for me to make my own music. For sure. I mean, this is a, a really exciting record that you're putting out now. It was uh, produced by Nielsen Hubbard. What was it like working with him? Oh, man, it was great. Um, I've been trying to get all my friends to go see Nielsen because the role producer has changed over the years so much. But what Nielsen really does is kind of help you find your best self or maybe 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 your worst self, <laughs> <laughs> but your real self. Um you know what Nelson did for me a lot was just talk about we talked about Mike Tyson and football quite a bit football in the American sense um I don't know if your your listeners might be like you'll talk about soccer no <laughs> we're talking about the New Orleans Saints which sounds silly but um you know you, you can get inside your own head so easily um and Nelson we would just talk about stuff that we had in common and then He'd be like, hey, play a song. <laughs> He'd hit record, and I wouldn't be thinking about it anymore because he knew how to get me out of my own head. Also, I thought I was going in to make three EPs, and Nilsson was like, nah, these are all kind of the same record. So he just has a way of kind of putting his thumb on the thing that, that I don't know, you can kind of have this inner dialogue that's a little bit elusive, uh, and Nilsson cuts right to the chase and says, I see you there, and and records it. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm really glad that the record turned out as a full length because when you released Winter Wheat in 2012, that was an EP and uh, one of my favorite records that came out around that time. And I kind of wish oh, that, thank you. yeah, I kind of wish that it was a full length because, it, you know, there's just so many strong songs on there. So I'm really glad that you've been able to put out a, a full length and it was recently featured on Rolling Stone where they compared it to, uh, well, they, they described it as the Bible Belt cousin to Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about that comparison? Oh man, you just gotta sit back and take that. And I don't I mean, I don't know what I think about that, <laughs> but I appreciate it. You know what I mean? It's like if I said you were, well, I won't even make that comparison. It's a pretty good comparison, as far as my heart's concerned. As far as musically, I, I mean, I have no say. Thank you is all I can say to, to those guys. Well, I mean, Roll- yeah, I mean, Rolling Stone gave you quite a positive review, and and to be featured on there must have must have been really good for you. Yeah. I mean, I definitely called my mom on that one, you know. Awesome. And you've got some really cool shows coming up. I mean, first off, you've got the uh, Flatlands album release party on Saturday, March 7th at the Jackalope Brewing Company in Nashville. That's a, that's a free show, in, and uh, you're giving out the CD for free as well. Correct, yeah, yeah. It's a cool thing. Those people over there, I played – actually, I played um, – they put out a beer six months ago or a year ago or something. It's called – they had a thing called Spruce Beer Sting. Oh. <laughs> which was uh, they put out a beer on Bruce Springsteen's birthday, I believe. And we had just made um, a record label. had just put out uh, what's it? It's called uh, dead man's town. It's a tribute to Bruce Springsteen born in the USA. And so she invited us. There's a woman named Bailey that runs that joint. And she invited us out to, to play some of those stuff, some of the songs so I reached back out to her because, and so again, the Bruce Springsteen thing has not been hurting me. <laughs> it's been good, but she really loves Bruce Springsteen. And I think because of that, she was like, you know what? You're not the worst guy. We'll let you have a party here. Sweet, man. 
I'm kind of loving all the sort of uh, references to the Bosque. I mean, I, I think yeah. I think in, in my life, if I could, if Rolling Stone could mention me and the Bosque in the same sentence, even if it was like the but well, you know, Bruce is a man, Tim, Drew, Tim Drew's a man. Coffee. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Just like that's uh, Bruce has, you know, a dog. Okay, so, so that's, that's close uh, enough. Yeah, and I'm I'm just thinking, wow, that's uh, that's uh, that's an amazing thing. I mean, yeah. So yeah, it's not lost on me. I I don't know how my Life ended up with the Rolling Stone comparing me to Bruce Springsteen, but <laughs> it's kind of like I won everything I ever tried. I just won. I don't understand it, but it's enjoyable. I hope I'm making sense. It really is. I usually don't wake up till about four hours from now. Yeah, we were so. actually we were actually just discussing um, that, and we we're saying like it's really really early for you, so we totally understand. Don't okay. worry. When, and then if people are listening here, they're like, eight o'clock's not early. But it's like, it is early if you stay up till four every night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Drew and myself are both musicians as well. So we we, we go to a lot Get of shows. It. And uh, actually, Jason Mraz was here on, on Sunday night. And um, I don't know if you've seen Jason, but he puts on a pretty good show. Oh, I bet. That guy's got one of those voices. It's, uh, it's like an instrument. Yeah. yeah. It was, I mean, it was my first time seeing him. And I just it was just such a great entertainer. It was, it was so cool. Yeah, he's kind of got no pretense, which is great. You know, I probably take myself too seriously. That guy's having fun. <laughs> yeah. So the next morning, you know, when you have to go to you know work, it's uh, oh man, you know, you just want to just want to kind of chill out at home for a bit before you go to work. Sure. So we we, sure. we know the vibes, but uh, if, it, <laughs> if it's any consolation, it's really hot here. So it's early there for you, but it's really hot here for us. Hey, it's been so cold, and I grew where I grew up. It gets very cold, but it also gets. Uh, I think we have 108 degree days and um, we've actually, right before I moved out here, we had a bunch of fires because there was so much drought. It didn't rain for about three years in the Texas panhandle. And then they had like 70 days in a row over 100. There were definitely um, a lot of wildfires. And so I kind of feel for you guys on that front, but I do miss the heat, just normal heat, not wildfires, but I miss the heat. Yeah, and it's a. Uh, I think it's going to snow another two inches here this week, and my whole my bones they don't take it well, and my heart doesn't take it well. I told my wife like next year we got to get on one of these cruise shows or something, <laughs> or somebody pays us to go south and get warmer. For sure, man. And speaking about the Texas Panhandle, this new record of yours, Flatlands. There's a lot of reference to the Texas Panhandle. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about? how you know the texas panhandle relates to the to the songs on the record oh yeah sure um you know the dust bowl started there are you familiar with the dust bowl i don't think so are you drew man uh, i can't say i am for a moment i thought so, it's like the destruction derby or something the dust bowl <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah the dust bowl should be a demolition derby this is the best discovery i've ever had thank you uh in the 1930s the United States was basically, we were going through a depression. Everybody was broke. And all of a sudden, kind of coinciding with that and kind of pushing that along was this uh, this problem where they basically, they farmed the land in a way that wasn't sustainable. And all these great prairies that had been sustaining life for so long, all of a sudden were stripped of, um, of their wealth. And because of the way they were farming, they coupled that with like a drought and all of a sudden nothing would grow and all the topsoil started blowing away. And so very quickly what happened was 
dirt that would be in the Texas Panhandle would end up in the sky over Washington, D.C. And the whole country was covered in uh, just kind of a hazy cloud. And in some places it was a hazy cloud, but in other places it was, you literally couldn't see your hand in front of your face because there was so much dirt in the air. Um, Well, ironically, we think of that happening in the 30s, but it also happens now because of climate change or whatever is going on. I was actually in a dust storm a few years ago where within two minutes the sky was clear and then the wind picked up and it blew all the dirt in the air and nobody could see. And I was driving down I-40 in Amarillo, Texas, and cars started wrecking all over the place. (laughs) But what that did was it took away the people's the, their way to make a living for themselves back then. And so, because they were farmers, right? So all of a sudden their topsoil blew away and they didn't have a way to make any money. And then at the same time, these big companies started bringing in tractors and kicking people off their, the, you know, these guys had kind of sublet their land out to work it. And these big companies started kicking them off and they didn't need tenant farmers to work every little plot. Instead, they could get one tractor to do the work of eight men, right? And so inside of all this depression, industrial revolution thing taking hold, and, uh, and at the same time, all the dirt kicking around in the air, there was no way to live, really. And so most, maybe not, definitely not most people, but a lot of people left. So you have guys like Woody Guthrie singing, um, you're familiar with This Land is Your Land? Yeah. I assume. So like he grew up, well, he didn't grow up. He grew up in Oklahoma, but when he was like 18 years old, he moved about an hour away from where I was from. And when he moved there, the Dust Bowl kind of started really taking hold. And so when you hear Woody Guthrie sing songs like Dust Bowl Refugee, he basically was, you know, he was an hour, he was in my grandma's house, basically, like right down the road. He was in the town where my grandma was from. But then he escaped to California looking for kind of a better life or whatever. And that was kind of wrought with trouble too, because once you got to California, you thought you were going to get all these wonderful jobs. There was these promises. They would hand out these flyers that said, um, go to California. There's work there. You can pick oranges or whatever. And then people would get there and they would realize like, Oh, well there's two oranges to be picked, but there's four people. You know, and so when they got there, there would be a different set of problems. But when you hear this land is your land and when you hear Woody Guthrie sing about, you know, I saw the wheat fields. What is it? The wheat fields waving, dust clouds rolling and all that stuff. He was basically in the place where I grew up. The interesting thing is a lot of people left like he did and which is fine. But the people I'm from, obviously, they stayed and um, generations of people there have figured out how to make a living there and how to kind of withstand the Dust Bowl. It's really interesting. I, like, I'm, I'm just finding out this is not a well-known thing around the world. But, you know, Google the Dust Bowl. It's, uh, it's really fascinating. There's a, there's a documentary that came out on, out on it in the last few years. It's really easy to watch, but it's really, um, you know, informative informative it's too early in the morning to say good words <laughs> but um so all that to say that was a long way to get to this point uh the people i come from are tough as hell and 
the record is kind of a, a tribute to that, but it's also kind of um, saying like, well, maybe that's not always the best way to live. You know, it's good when life hurts you. If you can withstand it, that's good. But you can't maintain that posture forever. Right. I mean, just think of like, if somebody dies, you kind of your, your internal self kind of takes a lick and you kind of hunker down and you make it through it, but you can't live like that in the best day of your life too. Cause then you wouldn't be able to enjoy that. And so think of the dust bowl wiping people off the face of the earth. They learned to withstand it and grow their crops. And then the oil field came in and they figured out how to make money and, and they're just tough as nails. And that's, you know, the good thing about that is, you know, recently 2008, the stock market here went nuts and a lot of people didn't know how to kind of take it. And the people in the Texas panhandle just kept working. They didn't whine about it. They didn't complain. It was just, it's kind of built into their DNA to be ready for hard times, you know? Yeah. yeah. So growing up in Perry, in Perrington and, and experiencing the dust bowl and the Texas panhandle, that's uh you know, that's underpinning a lot of this new record that's been put out, Flatlands. And and when you hear yeah. this album, uh, the listeners can obviously envision what it must have been like growing up in Texas uh, for yourself, but also for the other people, you know? Yeah. I don't know. What is the landscape like where you're at? Is it flat? <laughs> well, so where we, uh, in Cape Town, we are pretty much right next to a, a mountain that uh, is uh, flat on top. Uh, so if you know oh. the, the Cape Town landscape, there's lots of, uh, there's hills and, uh, mountains. It's quite compact and we've got ocean all the way around. So it's, um, well, I'm coming to see you. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it reminds me a bit of Southern California. Um, so, oh, wow. well, yeah, I mean, certainly in Cape Town, it's like that as you go uh, a little bit further North, obviously the, uh, it's, a the bit, yeah, it's a little bit more like Texas, I guess in, in, in parts. So there's, there's, there are definitely similarities, you know? Yeah. Where I grew up, there were no hills and there were no trees. It was just nothing. <laughs> Flat. <laughs> Flat. Cool. It didn't take a lot to come up with the name of the record. Well, Ryan, thanks so much for, for speaking to us today. I see you're going to be playing at South by Southwest on the uh, on the 8th of March. Oh, is it say the 8th? It's supposed to say the 18th. Oh, sorry. Uh, um, maybe I got the date wrong, but it's in March. Okay. Well, I'll check my calendar. I mess those things up all the time. Cool. So you're heading down to Austin, Texas to play South by Southwest. That's going to be a good show. You're looking forward to that? Oh, yeah, man. Um, I love, obviously, I love being in Texas, but um, Austin is going to be nice, especially when I've been so cold and the people there are so warm and the weather is so warm. I'll take it. Awesome. And uh, if anybody wants to get hold of you, they can check out your website. It's ryancowell.com. Uh, the, yeah. the record Flatlands is now on iTunes. I know it's been released on the US iTunes store. I'm not so sure about the South African one, but hopefully very soon. Yeah, I Google that thing. I don't know. <laughs> like somebody was asking me the other day when it when it gets out over there. I don't I have no idea. Just I can barely keep up with uh, what's going on here. Awesome. So I don't know what y'all got going on there. Well, we wish you all the best for release day. Uh, we hope you have a really, really awesome day today, and that Flatlands does very, very well. Um, we're going to play another track from the record now. We thought of playing Amarillo. Is that cool? Oh, that's great, man. Yeah, that's a. Uh... But this is a song I'm really proud of, so I would right. love you to play that. Well, would you like to just do an intro for us, and uh, yeah, then we'll take it from there. You an intro like describe the song, or just hey, this is Ryan. Yeah, you know what? I'll leave it up to you. You can decide, man. You you be the DJ for a minute. I'm dog. <laughs> I'm, hey, this is Ryan. Uh, Tim, thanks for having me on and talking about my record and being uh, being even just a fan over the years.
you're about to listen to a song I wrote called Amarillo. And if basically everybody in the world, there's a love-hate relationship with wherever you live most of the time. And this is a song about Amarillo, Texas, which I love very dearly. Uh, but it's also it's also a place that um, sometimes was painful to live in. So I hope you like uh, the music. And if you do, uh, it's ryancolwell.com. It's C-U-L-W-E-L-L. You guys have a good time in Africa.